Without any fight or fuss, you're having brunch on a Saturday morning with Rockus. In case you don't have a clue, this is the voice of Mr. Shaq that is singing to you. Good music, great conversation, the best program on the best station. So now that you know, there's nowhere else to go, so please don't touch your radio. I do have him here with us on the phone line because you know it's COVID and things. We got to make sure and keep everybody as safe as possible. Good morning to you, Mr. Shaq. Yeah, man. Greetings, greetings, greetings. What's going on? I cool, man. Happy belated birthday, brother. Yes, man. I appreciate that. Give thanks, man. How you celebrated the day yesterday? Well, yesterday was a... a, a Bittersweet kind of day. Yeah, it was an interesting kind of day. It was a strange day because um, apart from... You know, I'm commemorating my own life. Of course, yesterday would have been a day when, um, you know, one of our cultural icons was laid to rest. Um, and in a general sense, the day was because, you know, many people might know I, I am a sports fan of sorts. Mm-hmm. And um, for some reason, I just lose track and didn't, wasn't aware until later the day that Olympics. Stop. Yes. <laughs> I just to tell you what kind of day it was yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? But other than that, um, you know, what set the tone for me yesterday was um I had a very short WhatsApp conversation with Omari Ashby. Mm-hmm. And um he actually reached out to me very early in the morning to, you know, send some good strong greetings. So I responded to him and say, you know, today's a strange kind of day boy. and his response was he say, yeah, you're right. He say, but either way you look at it, we celebrate in life. Mm. You know? Um, so yesterday was a day when, you know, for those of us who, in the cultural fraternity, we, as much as the man has departed this plane, we still celebrate the life uh, and the contribution of uh, resistance. And I, for myself, celebrated as I say, my own old strong and my own life. And it also caused me to reflect on both my parents, my father, who luckily is still here with me. So I celebrated his life. And then my mother, who has passed on, I was still able to celebrate her life because without them, of course, there would be no existence of... <laughs> of, of you. <laughs> of me, you know? And um, so, yeah, so yesterday was a reflective day for me. It was a reflective day. It was quiet. I mean, I had... Had a little bit of fun and, you know, was able to still uh, connect with some people who were very close to me in my life and, you know. Um, yeah, so it was a, it was an interesting day. Nice, man. Well, give thanks for that. Sometimes you just need them kind of videos too, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Shaq, I want to talk to you a little bit about, about the influence that that resistance would have had on your uh, musical career, if any at all. Yeah. Well, influence... I want to start off by saying this, um, because you know me, I, I keep it very, very, very practical and real. <laughs> One of the things that I appreciate most about resistance, and I said this to somebody and it might seem strange, but here's one of the things I appreciate most about resistance. Anybody close to the culture fraternity and Calypso and more specifically Kaiso House will know, because resistance was not only President Atuko, he was also the head of the management team at the tent that I am part of, which is Kai Souls. And over the years of getting to know Resistance, he and I would have had our moments of where we had divergence uh, viewpoints and different uh, opinions on things. 
And one of the things I appreciated the most about this gentleman is even when we had those issues, I was always able to express those things to him. I was, uh, there was always an open door and an open mind with resistance to engage these issues, even when the situation may have come across as critical to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always willing to be able to have a discourse and reason about it. Or you could disagree, you could disagree with him on whatever, you know, but he was never afraid to engage it and have a conversation about it. And even if at the end of the day it's to agree to disagree, he always did that in a very respectful and understanding way, even though he had a take it way. And that is the thing that I appreciated the most about the Talimah Simba. Insofar as his influence on me, um, musically, even before meeting Resistance, there are certain artists I always credit with making me comfortable in seeking and honing my own voice and my own understanding that the uniqueness of the Trinbegonian perspective was something to be treasured. Resistance was one of those artists. You know, people like Resistance, people like Attaclan, people like um, Kindred, and these, these were the people who as much as I would have been influenced by all kind of, because as a youth, I had my days of reggae dance or what we used to call dub. Mm-hmm. There was a time I was a, a, a hip-hop head and all these things influenced. But in terms of understanding my Trindagonian-ness and my Trindagonian perspective in my craft, he was definitely one of those people. And in terms of meeting him now, my first encounter with him would have been in around 2008. I had a song I was doing called Freedom Music. One, um, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, and I was in Kaiser Showcase tent at the time, and he invited me to um, come and perform the song at Rapsu Explosion that year. And then a year and a half later, about a year and a half later, I was um, in a performance in Palms Club in San Fernando which is the first place he heard and saw me perform in Rogue. Mm. And he and Kariga, I always remember this conversation, he and Kariga approached me to me how much they liked the competition. I was at the, the, the performance, sorry. I was actually finished and getting ready to leave. And, you know, and he, um, that was when he made the proposal to me to um, come to town and be part of Kaiso House um, 10 cars mm-hmm. for the following season, which was 2010. And, you know, um, I contemplated it and decided to accept. And um, that was that was very, very integral, of course, a step in in, 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 um, in my whole journey. And even while in the tent in 2010, um, of course, Rogue from opening night, Rogue is tearing on the tent every night, three, four, five, one course. And despite all of that, when time came around for competition, I really had no interest in entering the competition, you know, because up to that point, you know, the whole competition thing wasn't something that I was very plugged into. And, of course, different people in the tent would have been encouraging me to consider jumping in the competition. All them senior Calypsonians. 
the thing that really pushed me over the edge was, of course, resistance get wind of the fact that I registered for the competition and the deadline is coming. And he meet me in the corridor. We was in Strand at the time. Mm -hmm. I go into the to the to the to the dressing room. He walked in out and he stopped me. He said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, enter any competition." And I said, "Nah, I ain't feeling it, you know." He said, "You mightn't like the competition, you know." He said, "But you have to give yourself a chance for them to hear you on that stage with that song, because you will need to hear that song." He said, "So think about it, man." And leave me with that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we see what happened after that. Yeah, because by the next night I come in and I decide, all right, cool, I go throw my hat in the ring and ask for the form. And was presented by one of the ladies working backstage a form that had all my information already full out on it and just waiting for her signature. You see what you I know mean? How <laughs> they line it up for you. They line it up for you. They line nice. it up. They line it up. So, you know, Resistance was one of the people who, um, and, and of course, that was one a, a very, very, another integral point in terms of, so, so, so Resistance was one of the, was the artist who I would, I would probably credit the most with, as they say, bringing Sasha in town mm. and exposing me to um, a wider audience. So that is, that is, that is how influential he was um, for me, you know? Yeah, boy. You know, that, that thing you spoke about just now with regards to, you know, your cultural identity or realizing that, you know, you can speak from your perspective because of people like Resistance and, and Clanny and Kindred and these guys. I, I keep wondering, I am fearful, I should say, that we might be losing parts of that as we go in forward. Um, well, you know, here's the thing. That is a fear that has always existed to some degree in our culture. And that's the next thing. Because as you say that, right, I, this morning I was playing, uh, somebody called and requested Lance Lane get off the radio. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing because I played uh, <laughs> radio stations afterwards, the, the version yeah. that, that we did in, um, in Napa with you and Relator and yeah. Chromatics. And yeah. if all these four men singing the same song, then I guess, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, it, it is something that has always existed. And I think it's, it is partly because of um, the convergence of all these different cultural influences. And then our society has always been such a receptive one, you know. Um, Trinidad is really a, a, a sponge of the world. Mm -hmm. but, but, but that being said, there has always also been the select few soldiers culturally um, from that cultural perspective and, and always being that cultural conscience and always digging deeper to find who are we really in the midst of all these influences, which you can't escape from, right? Especially in this time where the world has virtually become a much smaller place. Yeah, that's right? Um, I mean, you know, media, both traditional and social media, over the past couple of decades has shrunk the size of the world virtually mm -hmm. in terms of what we could have access to. And then even in our current dispensation, coupled with all of that, this current global pandemic we're going through, showing us how connected the world is, even in detrimental ways. So that we've always had culturally these soldiers who could dig deep and really find, despite all these influences and all these influences that we may even draw from, 
how do we take these things and not just wholesale reproduce them, but, you know, extract from them what could inform us about mm-hmm. who we really are, what our voice is, you know? I mean, you will have the parroting, you will have the puppeting, that will happen. And because of the fact that that has been accepted globally, those things easier to permeate. Yeah. It is more difficult to extrapolate from those things what may be necessary to reinforce our voice, our identity, especially from a, a, a cultural perspective, that sociocultural perspective. But there have always been soldiers who have been willing to do that, you know? And um, I am confident because even in my interactions prior to the pandemic, of going to different primary schools and doing my little workshops in terms of things like Calypso and Calypso writing and performance and things. I would always encounter these children who you could see the spark in them, uh-huh. you know? And you never know what could happen, how time could impact upon all of that, which way it could swing. But I, I for one, and I know I'm not the only person, continue to try to do my part in recognizing that and informing it as much as possible. So I am confident. I mean, I don't know that there will ever be a balance. Hmm. But I think, I, I think but that's I, my problem, you know. Yeah. I, I think I, I keep looking that, for that, that balance, boy. Yeah. And I, I too, you know, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I totally feel in here because I lament it oftentimes and I hope for a little more, you know, equity within the whole thing and balance. And of course, a lot of that has to do with the, the the mindset that feeds the policy of the so-called gatekeepers and policy makers in the sphere of culture and arts. But um, but um, I am confident that there will always be soldiers who, despite the fact that undertaking, such such undertakings are always, always seem peculiar, right? But um, I, I consider that we will always have the soldiers rising up who will recognize that and will be willing to continue to, to, to fly that flag and fight that fight. I like your faith. I appreciate it because <laughs> it has some of them soldiers who I talk to. Boy. Them same soldiers. And, you know, they have one, yeah, thing, yeah. They have one thing in common. They end up all just bitter and angry down to the, down to the end of the fight now, boy. Yeah, and, and that, you're very correct about that. Um, as a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, myself and one of my other sisters in the art, Shakila, was having a conversation about that, um, about uh, um, a couple of colleagues of ours who you hear that bitterness and you hear that. As a matter of fact, I, had, I remember a few years ago having a conversation with one of our most prominent artists, you know, um, who for years straddled the line between that mainstream soca um, thing and, 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 and then a little bit of underground, more rootsy kind of. And I, I remember having a conversation where the individual in question was basically letting me know, well, they're ready to wave the white flag hmm. and, 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 and fully commit to whatever was the, the mainstream you know, contemporary thing. Yeah. And um, I have to admit that I felt a bit of disappointment because this person was also a person who I saw as, you know, arm in arm with, 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 with defending perspective of the thing, but at the same time, to each their own, you know? Mm-hmm. And it actually, it's fun because in, in, within that disappointment, 
became the, how should I call it? It, it, it came the reinforcement within myself that right now you, you have even more work to do. Yeah. Now, but is it, is it that they, they, they want to throw a new white flag because of the, the lack of financial success or is it? Well, that is, that, that was, that, I think that without them saying so, I think that was definitely part of it. I also think that that feeling of always being on the fringes because the individual in question, their, 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 their genesis into the thing was, was, Full of fanfare and recognition, and you know, and within that journey, they would have made a certain transition that I think made them feel that they were pushed onto the fringes of that initial teeth mm-hmm. of the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that is difficult for a lot of people to yeah. always um, grapple. So that so that uh, uh, that's why I say, as much as there was disappointment, there was some level of understanding for me. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, in terms of that particular individual's perspective, and even a perspective that may be shared amongst others, right? But as I say, for me, it was also um, confirmation of 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 the continued work that I have to do, of the choice that I have to continue to make because. Outside of all of that, to um, Rockers is that for me, I think you always have to find that place where you feel aligned to mm-hmm. purpose. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so 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 there may be a lot of people who may have made this decision to, for want of a better expression, take the part of least resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, pun intended, yeah. but. But but um, oftentimes it is going through motions, and some may be comfortable with that. But for me, I I have to I have to I think I, I think I think uh, 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 even if even if you're thinking middle ground, I think the driving force behind that has to be comfort with oneself. And alignment with, with one's purpose, even if you're trying to find what is middle ground, you know, uh, that, that just me. So, so inside that there is always is always even even moments of what might seem to be disappointment are always lessons. And fortunately for me, they always kind of resound as as reinforcement that yo you have more ground to cover you have more to do. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder sometimes if if it's just that people some people don't have that, that purpose and they have no desire to even find it. Their purpose is to generate income. Their purpose is so, to be able to to you know live off of the craft. The perception and understanding and feeling of having and needing to survive is a serious thing, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very serious thing, and um, grappling with that is is a, is a more daunting task for some of us than others. And that is why I say there's always understanding. So, yeah, so, is there so, is there like an artist, a artist uh, th- therapy place, or or people who do that, like specifically for art and for artists? I, you know, that's a very good question. I am not sure, you know. I am. I really not sure if there's anything specifically geared towards that for artists. Yeah. And that's listen. That is a million dollar question you're asking. <laughs> no, for real, because you sent my mind reason, and now I don't know if that exists. If it does, I am not aware of it. Yeah. And if it does exist, 
I think it really needs to be made more, more. It needs to be publicized more. And if it doesn't, it some we really some kind of some kind of some kind of unearthing of that that that. I mean, I shouldn't even say unearthing because we know there's a need for that. Yeah, but know? but how do how do yeah. artists how do artists deal with their with their challenges? Like you know, we talked just now. You spoke about that person who uh, would have come into the business and achieve instant success. And then, you know, as you navigate that, that success tends to, tends to win, you know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody's a hundred percent successful all the time. Even, even the biggest of artists, I would say even Marshall Montano had years when he was down, you know? Yeah, um, but they're, they're, they're in this part of the problem, eh? Because right now we live in a time where a lot of people who seek to get into not just the arts, but any, any pursuit that they think would make them quote unquote successful, they're in is the paradox of what you're asking because what is your perception of success one mm-hmm. two when that that when the reality doesn't always align with your perception what then do you do mm-hmm. how do you cope with that mm-hmm. and that is a very good question because for those of us in the arts and this is another thing the society really doesn't always i don't think they always consciously connect so how much they rely on arts and artisans no, they don't. to be their therapy. They don't. So that when so that when the when the when the practitioners and the creators of these these therapeutic platforms are in are themselves in need of it, what happens then? You know? Um for me it is again, and I don't know if it is part of the, 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 the decisions I have made are the path that I have chosen because again is that kind of double edged sword. There are there are moments of of challenge and maybe even borderline despair. But somehow strangely in there for me are also the moments of therapy, mm. are also the moment of catharsis and the, the, the revelations of how do you push through these challenges, but that again is for me and may apply to a select other few. I don't know in a general sense if artists in general who go through this would even find therapy within their own work. Yeah. That may also be the source of, of consternation. So so that again I come back to that question you asked. That is a million dollar question because it is a it is a it is a it is something that definitely i think should be needed in a more in a more substantial and established kind of way yeah we gotta we gotta look into that a little bit Shark, yes, yes. it is 10 30 in the morning yes man i want to thank you so much for spending the last half an hour with us chatting inside this saturday brunch uh i only have half an hour left again before we jump into the ministry of health's virtual press conference so nice. i had to get the people the classic because if i don't do that you know they go both man i hear that but before before I let you go, I want you to, to tell me a classic that you want to hear this morning. Um, I, I know you I know you're spoiled for choice, but well, well, here's the thing. You know, it is a bucket I could choose from, but <laughs> I would I would narrow it down to I would give you one of two choices, and other either one could work. Uh-huh. Either my belief, my shadow, yes, mm-hmm. or by the same artist, um, story alive. All right, no problem. Okay. All right, Chuck. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, my brother. Yeah, man. Give thanks to the opportunity and to all the listeners as always. You know, right now, uh, um, uh, no toxicity and Mr. Chuck come like family. So, to all the <laughs> listeners, um, con- continued thanks for 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 your continued support of the station of 
my partner Rockers program and everybody else who presents on the program and I think to toxicity we had to understand that toxicity is what has now become one of the the pillars of really um upholding us the the weakness the weakness of us <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> I like that thank you so yeah. much Chuck enjoy your day yeah man bless you take time. care the Saturday brunch with DJ Raucous